Hello, story lovers, and happy Valentine's Day. I'm Laurel McCarg, host of Alligator Preserves, and in today's show, I'm going to tell you how I fell in love with my husband well over 36 years ago, if you can believe that. So stay tuned. Welcome to Alligator Preserves, a weekly podcast about revealing yourself through storytelling, story reading, and story writing, but probably not story arithmetic, because that's not a thing. You just might surprise yourself with the secrets you'll uncover. I decided I should probably redeem myself after my last episode on ablutophobia, (laughs) the fear of bathing in bathtubs. And again, I apologize if any of you were horrified or if any of you actually went and looked up those pictures that I told you not to look up. I hope you didn't. Anyway, today is Valentine's Day and I woke to a beautiful sunny day. The snow-topped mountains were just starting to get the first rays of sunshine. And I thought, I'm going to do a happy podcast today. And I texted all four of my sisters and asked them if they remembered that every Valentine's Day, we would get a Valentine's Day card from our dad. And I know that he picked them out himself. And he always wrote a little note in there, which just, I know, made us feel all very special and beautiful and loved. And I thought, wow, not everyone has memories like that. And I wanted to try to find a card that I'm sure I saved, and I'm sure I've got a stack of cards somewhere to scan and put on my website. But in the course of looking for cards from my dad, I actually found a letter that I had written to my parents on February 17th, 1983. That was the year I graduated from West Point with my husband. And I have to share this letter with you because it explains some things about me and love and Mike. And I wrote it on this really cool stationery. I will definitely scan the first page of this because (laughs) there's a picture of a little fairy sitting on a little leaf creature and holding the reins that are attached to butterflies pulling her through the air. It's (laughs) quite lovely. (laughs) Oh, my. Anyway, here's the here's the letter, and I might delete a few things or substitute he who will not be named occasionally. So here, here goes. This is my justification for how and why I fell in love. Dear Mom and Dad, Wow, it's been a long time since I've written to you. Even though we talk every week, there's only so much you can communicate over a telephone wire. And even then, things don't always come out right. Anyway, I just thought I'd let you in on a few of my thoughts before I come home. I'm really looking forward to our Boston trip, and we should have some time together then. I got your valentine today. Thanks. And I'm sorry I never got one out. We've been quite snowed in down here. No excuse. And it's just now beginning to melt in the rain. Lots of slippery slush. Yuck. I was glad to read that you are happy with my happiness. Really? And now I'm going to try to explain just why I am so very happy right now. 
as I'm sure you may have guessed, it is because of my relationship with Mike. Now, I know what you're thinking, because I've heard you say it before, and I'm trying to see things from your perspective. I must admit, if I were seeing from your perspective, I'd be saying, here she goes again, she's just in love with love. But, and that's a big but, not to be confused with a fat ass, dot dot dot, sorry, I also know how very limited your perspective is right now. And as a side note, I have to remember this when I'm dealing with my own sons. My perspective on their relationships is obviously going to be limited. Back to my letter. So I guess all I can do is ask you to believe me. It's not the same this time. I'm not just in love with love. I'm in love with Mike and he with me, and that is making all the difference in the world to me right now. I've had a lot of time now to think about why I was in love with, and I'll say, he who shall remain nameless. And I do believe it had a lot more to do with love than with him. The things which initially attracted me to him, his different background, his chivalry, which soon became more of an oppression than an enjoyment, his protective nature of me, which gave way to ridiculous jealousies, and even his good looks, which attracted so many others, too, all these things became so very meaningless to me. When it came right down to it, there really wasn't a hell of a lot in common between us, not even long-range dreams. We met under ideal conditions, and as it seemed so very perfect, I decided much too quickly that he was the one, and when the problems started, I made excuses and convinced myself that love would work things out. But I did not yet know that my love was based on very shaky grounds. And now I have a relationship which is completely unlike the one I had with he who shall remain nameless. Mike and I have been good friends since August, and there has always been an attraction between us. My previous relationship, however, prevented us from getting to know one another better. The month before Christmas, though, gave us plenty of time together, still just as friends, but much closer. Even when he came to our house at the end of vacation, though, I had no plans of letting a serious relationship develop— As I told you, with one love lost and only a few months till graduation, it would have been terribly unpractical. I had decided that I would love he who shall remain nameless, but that decision failed me. I decided that I would not fall in love with Mike, but that decision, too, has failed me. Well, I don't think I fell into this one. I grew into it. The things which initially attracted me to him are the things which will always attract me to him. His relationship with his family is so very much like mine with you. He loves the arts, music, literature, history, and he even knows a lot about all of those, which I don't. He sets very high goals for himself, and he gets what he wants, sort of like me, huh? And more than anything, he loves me. You talked about being the queen of the May, Mom? Consider me crowned. He idolizes me, but much unlike, and there's another boyfriend I name here, 
He admits it, so it's not a bit annoying. (laughs) He has seen no reason to test me or to test his feelings for me. Last semester, when I was having my difficulties, he told me how many people would love to have someone like me, and I have yet to feel like he takes me for granted. What can I say? We share the same interests, the same goals, and we're still friends, too. There's a lot to be said for having a sense of humor. Why I put up with impossible moods, I'll never know. He's young, yes, and so am I. That gives us lots of years to grow together, and now we have a good start. I don't feel like I'm on shaky ground anymore. My goodness, I didn't expect to ramble on for this long, but as I hope you can see, perhaps from a little more well-informed perspective, my happiness now and my reasons for it are very important to me. I've always been able to talk with you, thank God, and I didn't like the resistance I was feeling from our phone conversations. I hope now that you can be happier for my happiness. And I still can't wait to be with you in person. There's so much to talk about. Only 97 days till graduation. Three exclamation marks. Yikes! Two exclamation marks. So many plans to make. And then in parentheses, don't worry, dot, 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 no wedding plans for at least a year. I love you very much. Laurie. (laughs) Wow. Well, the wedding plan promise for not at least a year. Uh, That didn't happen either. Mike and I ended up planning our wedding in 10 days after we graduated. And uh, I remember it was my mom's suggestion. We were trying to figure out when would be a good date after we graduated. We didn't want to combine graduation with a wedding. Our engagement had been unusual as well. Mike and I were both seniors at West Point, and I had discovered second semester, early second semester, that if cadets in the same class had a wedding date planned, then they would be guaranteed joint domicile for their first assignment. So I brought this information to Mike at lunchtime, right before take seats one afternoon. We weren't sitting on the same table together at the time. And uh, as soon as the man on the poop deck said, take seats, I had to run back to my table, and I left him evidently standing with a bunch of his table mates asking if I had just proposed to him. (laughs) So we talked later that night. We talked about being engaged. We talked about rings, engagement rings. I had found out from another classmate of ours that you could get 50% off diamonds at the cadet store, the C store, as we called it. And Mike told me how much money he had in his checking account and to go pick out the ring that I wanted, which I did, but I came back to him and I said, um, I want the one that's about $400 more than what you told me you had. And so he ended up borrowing money from another classmate so that I could have the ring I wanted. See, this makes for good marriages. <laughs> the ability to communicate honestly with one another and to laugh about it later. Anyway, yeah, we were engaged. We had joint domicile to Fort Hood for our first assignment. And uh, right after graduation, we had to go off to our basic courses. We were going to be separated right away, well, after about a a two-and-a-half-week vacation. So uh, 
It was my mom who actually suggested, after she had had a couple glasses of wine, which she never recalled, she told me that, no, that was no way that she suggested it, but she suggested we get married before we start our basic courses. And so literally, we planned the wedding in 10 days. And phone call invitations to neighbors, which of course raised eyebrows in our conservative neighborhood. And I made a phone call to the choir director from West Point. I had been in the Catholic Chapel Choir and he said he would love to come up and do music for my wedding. And an underclassman friend of mine said she'd come up and sing. And a friend of my dad's at work at AT&T made a big old cake. And my baby sister's boyfriend or, or someone knew someone who knew how to take photographs. And so we have some very funny photographs, which you'll see on my webpage. I put a, a few of them up there. Not professional at all, but way fun. I think we really had a fun wedding because it was thrown together so quickly. My parents, who had been living in a, an apartment complex at the time, rented out the community room and got hors d'oeuvre platters and deli platters, and dad brought a boombox for music, and we danced. And my grandfather, my mom's dad, we called him Bapa, who was, oh, at least five sheets to the wind, <laughs> wouldn't let Mike do the, the garter belt ceremony. He pushed him away and <laughs> insisted that he take my garter belt off, which was really kind of odd, but funny and not surprising at all for an old Irish grandfather. And uh, my youngest sister ended up with it. And she also caught the bouquet. And as it turned out, her boyfriend at the time proposed to her that night, the very night of our wedding. So... Our day was pretty special. We were married on June 18th, 1983, just four months after I wrote that letter explaining my relationship with Mike to my parents. Wow. And I've got to say that 36 and a half, or well, more, more than 36 and a half years later, I still love my husband and I really like him. And we laugh so much because I honestly believe that the ability to communicate and the ability to laugh, regardless of the circumstances, those are the things that are really important in a long marriage and well, in any kind of long relationship. Not that I'm an expert or anything. I, I just play one on this podcast. <laughs> anyway, to my listeners out there, I hope this episode made up for my last episode. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you will go to my website at leadvillelaurel.com to see a few pictures of my wedding day with my husband, where you can find today's show notes. Follow me on Twitter at leadvillelaurel. If you did enjoy this episode and others, not the ablutophobia one, <laughs> please subscribe to Alligator Preserves wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with my latest discoveries and episodes and tales of love and woe and tell your friends about it. I hope you'll help support Alligator Preserves on Patreon. Check out the rewards you'll receive at patreon.com slash alligatorpreserves. And join me next time when I'll talk about something completely different. Until then, be very good to yourselves today on this Valentine's Day. Be very good to everybody around you, especially those you love, and especially even more those you like. Thanks for visiting. Bye. Alligator Preserves is hosted and produced by Laurel McCard with technical support provided by her husband, Mike McCard. Follow her on her website at leadvillelaurel.com where she writes about life, real, and imagined. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy her books. Find her work at amazon.com. <laughs>